Sometimes I don't know how to answer questions about Christianity. Sometimes I get asked questions that I wonder myself. I know I don't have all the answers, and I trust the Bible to guide me. But for someone who doesn't believe in the Bible, where do I even start? Searching for God is a study package you can do alone or with a group. It'll walk you through some of the challenges you're facing from friends or family who don't understand your faith. Searching for God. Available at Zondervan.com. I have a great tribe, and I couldn't have the faith that I have without it. So I, I think the Holy Spirit has us on a journey, but also surrounding yourself with other people who can be honest with you, transparent with you, and who will hold you accountable to the best we can do to understand and, and apprehend the scriptures. That's that's how it happens. And that's, um, that's not just out of my head, that's also out of scripture because it says, do not give up meeting together and, and iron sharpens iron and you know, be in fellowship. And all through the book of Acts, we see these amazing groups of fellowship who are growing and learning and loving the Lord together. Hi, this is Holly, and welcome to Study with Friends. I'm so glad you're with us today to talk about First Peter and the instruction it provides on suffering. I love how Caitlin reminded us that Jesus understands our suffering. If you'd like to hear the rest of the series, search the word Peter on our website, studywithfriends.org. Hey, if you have Bible questions, post them on our Facebook page. We love that. We think those questions and answers will be a blessing to others. Let's talk a little bit more about the book of First Peter. I think that the message of First Peter two eighteen through three six, I think that whole message is about being a good witness even when it's hard. Now I won't I won't I won't go into the moral question because I think the whole Bible teaches us to do what is right and figure out a way to make that happen. Uh, And the reason I also don't feel the need to go into the moral question that you're asking is because I don't think it, I don't think this is speaking to the moral issue. I think this is speaking to the attitude. Then we have the slaves and we have the wives of husbands who are stinkers that actually slaves to masters who are stinkers, wives to husbands who are stinkers. That's what's being dealt with in these two passages And what God is saying is, be pleasant, have a good attitude. He he doesn't, I don't believe when he says submit, he means be abused. (laughs) Right. I think he means keep a good attitude even when negativity is around you. When when your master is negative, when your husband is negative. If you're married to a non-believer, you have a witness inside that situation. If you're employed by a stinker, so we could translate this slave you're master. You're me up with your use of the word stinker. Well, I don't know. What's what? A jerk? Yeah, I mean. If you're, employed by, if you're employed by a jerk, if you're employed by, or if you're married to a jerk, there's an amount of, of witness that you have inside that uh, context that can't be missed. Because, because the world would have you retaliate, but God would have you turn the other cheek. That's what I think this is about. To say, I'm going to be pleasant. I'm going to have the right attitude. Even when my flesh says, I actually would like to trip you or poison you or cut the brake line on your car. 
That is way farther than I was going to take it. <laughs> you were talking about straight up murder. <laughs> um, my question, that though, is how far does that go? Where's the line where you say, I'm not being a witness anymore. I'm being yeah, abused. That's a really... That is a fine line. It's a very fine line. And um, I think you just have to be in prayer and you have to, you know, with your friends who, um, you know, with your Christian friends in prayer, you just have to know when it's time to get out. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, That's I why, was... Okay, let, me, let me say that okay. when Gianna <laughs> asked that question, everybody was I looking saw. at me, but I looked at Amy. <laughs> because Amy is much better equipped to answer that question than I am. I can answer it theoretically. She can answer it practically. So um, I was in a marriage that was um, abusive, um, not necessarily physically abusive, um, but it, it went on for a long time, and it was very difficult for people around me to to understand why I stayed in it as long as I did. My brother especially just kept saying, what are you doing? Um, but I did not move until I had the definite wisdom that God was telling me it's time Mm. and so I I did I stayed Um, it was long suffering Mm -hmm. um, and it was difficult um, for all involved for the boys for my boys Um, they still do have a relationship with their father and I hope that they do continue to have that in a healthy structured way um so the answer is it's an individual. It's, yeah. It's, there's it's not tough. a formula. There's not a formula. But you I know, can't give you a script. Oh, if yeah. this happens, it's time to leave. And this is, um, I didn't even plan it for that, but, but, cause I was going to skip over that. Yeah, thing. But, but, um, <laughs> but the truth is that watching Amy go through that taught me the witness of, first of all, it's the witness that Peter's talking about. That through your yieldedness to God in a bad situation, you are a witness to other people. Mm. So, I mean, I was among those people who were like, and I, at first I was like, well, I know that. And we, we, we struggle through this together. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amy's been my friend, a good friend for a long time. And I'm like, well, you know, we're open with each other. Well, we know God doesn't like divorce, but this is a hot mess. So mm-hmm. what, what? What's the right there is, right thing to do here? There are and, passages about and, that, right? Yeah, about, yes, there are. Mm-hmm. And and there Amy are. would tell you that there's there are tickets <laughs> that God can punch your ticket to give you. Like I have my ticket to get out of this marriage, <laughs> but but it was a years long process. And in the end, I will lift Amy up as a witness that many people learned, including myself, learned how to behave differently in inside my own faith because she was totally yielded to God. She wasn't, she didn't have her mind focused on what was happening to her and all the crud that was going on. And most people would, I was, I was like, dude, you know, Mm -hmm. there came a point where we were all like, really (laughs) get, get out. (laughs) And, and she was just like, I don't move until God says move. Mm -hmm. And it was like kind of superhuman if I'm being honest with you, and I know that comes from the Holy Spirit, but it was an incredible witness. So it's it was this passage lived out 
Yeah. All right. Well, what I just want to comment on, I think we're all overlooking the obvious here. We're talking about how God uses things. And here Amy is sharing something so personal to listeners out there that are probably Mm -hmm. struggling with the same thing. And here she is on the other side, able to say, I leaned into God and look what God did. Mm -hmm. And she has a lovely life now. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's peaceful. It's amazing. And she yeah. can now, right now, who knows who's listening right now, that's benefiting to what she just mm-hmm. shared two Amen. seconds yeah. ago. Right. And you're that's right. her ministry. And God's using it right now here as we speak. Yeah, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. So that suffering led to probably somebody's freedom right Amen. now. Amen. Oh. Okay, so the last passage I'll go ahead and read is chapter five, two through five. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care watching over them because not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that it, that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I would like to just mention as a leader, we have leaders in the church and we have leaders in our lives. We have leaders in our communities and it is easy to take advantage of power. It's easy to fall into, and we've, unfortunately we've seen pastors and Christian leaders fall into the same trap. So it's worth calling out that there's an amount of suffering that goes along with not using the power that you gain through leading a flock of God's people, not using that power for worldly gain, right? So if you continue, if you, if you are given a flock and let's say, for example, a pastor who shall remain unnamed lives in a big house, has an expensive car. Well, that's the world's response to a big following, But God's response to a big following is stay in your small house. Give the excess money to his kingdom. He gave this to you. He trusted it to you. Give it back to him. That's what he meant for you to do. So so maybe a suffering of sorts there. And then uh, verse 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I use this passage a lot to remind people to be alert. Uh, but there is an element of suffering here because if he, if he catches you by the heel, there's some suffering, you know, um, if he chews on your heel for a little while, which who in this room hasn't been chewed on a little bit by the enemy in one situation or another. Right. So Caitlin, I think it was also in, uh, chapter five verses two to five. And it was like, okay, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be. And just for that, I feel like a lot of people in their Christian walk and in their walk with God, they're like, oh, I have to do this. Or like, I have to go to church. And it's not saying like you shouldn't go to church if you don't want to, but it's like you should want to go to church. You should want to be in the ministry and do things for God's will. It's not like, oh, I have to do this. It shouldn't be something that you're forced to do. And... I just thought that was important because I feel like a lot of people are thinking like in their walk, like, oh, I have to do this. And they kind of grumble about it and they don't want to, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't want to go to church. Sometimes I'm tired or, you know, I'm not feeling the best or I'm like angry at God for something and I don't want to go. 
but it's like that's when you really should go what how do you mm-hmm. overcome that well if i'm tired i'm like you know what? get up like that's a, that's just an excuse i feel like it's a lot more difficult like if i'm angry with god for something but then i feel like that's like now when i'm angry at god i'm like i should go like he's gonna say something to me like hey you should, probably shouldn't be angry at me because i'm right so you've learned by experience that if you go anyway mm-hmm. something good happens exactly every time okay so, so yeah. i'm gonna lift i'm gonna mm-hmm. refer to <laughs> refer you to another study that we did on first john mm-hmm. called trust and obey and um because i think the entire theme of first john is trust and obey and in the and in the homework for that series i did like a circle where um, sort of trust is on one side and obey is on the other side and like these arrows just keep circling around mm-hmm. because what what I think you're telling me is what we know of, of the truth of scripture that God promises obedience produces trust and trust produces obedience mm-hmm. so if you exactly. go to church and you see something that happens then it builds your trust in God mm-hmm. or if you are obedient even if you don't feel like it if you're obedient anyway like we just talked about doing things you don't want to do you don't feel like doing that the world would tell you you don't have to do or you deserve something different if you're obedient anyway it creates a new trust between you and god that he blesses that exactly and then that causes you to trust him more and then when you trust him you're more likely to be obedient and when you obey him you're more likely to trust him Mm -hmm. because he he shows up in between the obedience and the trust he shows up and he's like I'm going to bless your obedience. I see what you did. I see that it was hard for you and I'm going to bless it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I'll bet that everybody around this table can have examples of that small and large examples of how, like you just said, I trusted God and I went to church anyway. I was obedient and I went to church anyway and he showed up and he blessed that. And he was like, yeah, actually I have a word just for you today, Caitlin, mm-hmm. in this congregation of 3000 people. Uh, this is just for you. And that's that's the trust and obey cycle that uh, John lifts out in First John, which I would love for you to do that study with us sometime. Mm-hmm. Go look it up on the website. <laughs> uh, and um, God promises that. And I can tell you that that's true in my life. Um, when my mom died, I was really angry. I had to sort of make a decision. It didn't it wasn't based on my feelings. It wasn't based on my circumstances. I was just like, well, I'm at a crossroads. I can choose to continue to believing that, continue believing that God is good and he loves me. Or I can just decide this was crap and I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I made the choice to say God is good and he loves me and he blessed that. But that was a choice I made. It was obedience to say I, I am obedient to the truth that he loves me even when it doesn't look like he loves me. Mm-hmm. And he blessed it. And that exactly. made me trust him more. Do you guys, you relate to that? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, I just think it's not, I shouldn't be surprised. Um, but it, it is still somewhat, I one place that I still do just marvel at God is that what Kate was saying, there's never been a time when I'm like, I really don't feel like going to church. Or I really don't feel like reading my Bible or meditating. There's never been a time that I was reluctant and God didn't give me something specifically. Like, not like, oh, I could see how that applies to my life. Oh, I can, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a, like, there, it's always. It wasn't a stretch. Always. It's a direct address. It's a, it's a direct, it's, he's directly addressing me. And I'm thinking about, there was the, the one time 
we had a sleepover and, and our whole oh. friend group went to church and we I don't know about you, but I didn't want to go. I was like, I, I didn't exhausted. either. <laughs> and we yeah, went to church and it was like in a church full. It, it was, was a, a direct huge church and a church. It was direct at us. It was like we might, turned to each other. We, we like, turned to each other. We're like, oh, my gosh. He might as well have said, Caitlin, Gianna, all of our other friends. This is what you're doing wrong. Like he might as well have done that. It was shocking. And I know I shouldn't be, you know, I know I shouldn't be surprised by God at this point. You know, I've known him for 18 years, but it's still that's still one place that's still one area where I'm just in absolute awe that I every think, single time I it think happens. Always hold on to that awe. Mm-hmm. I think we I think that's proper worship. Yeah. We should yeah. always allow ourselves to be knocked over by who God is. And I you don't wanna share any more about what that was because <laughs> no. I happen to know what you guys we have convicted about. Yeah. Sure. Do you want me to you share? Sh- sure. Just short description of this yeah short description maybe a one word description of the sin oh starts with a g gossip yeah there it's we gossip. go i was like wait it's a certain <laughs> just <person>. gossip <laughs> yeah about a just certain a certain person, person and it wasn't a big fan of yeah but they were not an easy it's with the um in suffering yeah long suffering and loving each other deeply and it was like that was not what i wanted to do in that situation <laughs> mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy but at church that day god was like yeah this is what you guys are doing and you should stop yeah that was pretty cool to hear six or seven 18 year old there were seven of us yeah we came back and we're like who were went first of all the fact that they went to church after a sleepover on a saturday night they went to church together and then they came home well some of them always land at my house at some point (laughs) and uh there wasn't at my house the sleepover wasn't at my house it was someplace else and um and they came back and they were all like so transparent about it, which was a blessing to me. Yeah. Because they were like, yeah, we were totally gossiping about it. And I've heard them gossip about this girl and I've heard them say negative things about this girl. And I pepper in. I'm like, guys, that's not nice. Uh, although, you know, sometimes I get sucked in. I'm like, oh, that's bad what she did. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, but, then, but then they came back and it was actually instructive for me too to be like, oh, where have I slipped into allowing mm-hmm. them to do that even around me? And so it was good. It was but really the good. point is you're never going to regret going to church. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's, never been true. A, there's never been a time when I get up and I go and I'm like, yeah, I could have stayed in bed today. And I wish I had. <laughs> and I wish I had stayed yeah. in bed today. That's I'm like, good. Yep. You know I'm going to use that. That's fine. you've said it it's on audio recording i'll tell my mom to listen and then she's gonna be like yeah i'm gonna take that sound bite and play it for you sunday mornings (laughs) you know you're never gonna regret going to church (laughs) yep i know it no now let me clarify as loud as you can that's my alarm in sunday mornings i do know (laughs) that i won't regret going to church all right let's read first peter is there more to say more okay let's read first because i really do want to dive into this um Let's read 1 Peter 3, 13 to 17, which I think is a particular type of suffering in the context of faith. And so um, who would like to read the passage? And then you guys can uh, share your answers uh, that I asked for below. Does anybody want to read it? Thanks, Caitlin. The 3, 13 to 17. Yeah, 1 Peter 3. 13 to 17, which I call a biblical mandate, which means a directive from God. Yeah. It was a, um, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 
keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So a little bit, this teases back to, you know, the earlier part of chapter three and the end of chapter four, which is talking about, um, even if people say bad things about you, do bad things to you, eventually they will be shamed for their behavior, not you. Right. Right. So that's a little bit reflective back to those passages we were wrestling with a few minutes ago. Um, so tell me, what does this, is, is there anything in this passage that strikes you? And then I'll do, I'll just throw out the follow-up question. What do you think this teaches me specifically about suffering for my faith? Um, I liked when it was a, in verse 14, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. And then in uh, verse 17, it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And it just made me really sit there and think when you are suffering for good, it's temporary. But when you're suffering for evil, that's forever. Mm. And it was like, Caitlin. yeah, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Why love did me more. I have this kind of wisdom at 18? <laughs> Honest. Can I say that your kids have a strong faith? Yeah, they I mean, do. You know, yeah, whatever your true. life is, yeah. whatever you experienced, I certainly didn't have this wisdom at their age either, but whatever you experienced, we have a legacy. We hope that we pass along. Of course, and yeah. Hopefully. That's all it. I got to go on, guys. Yeah, and so. each, of us, <laughs> each of us is on a different journey. We all learn what we're supposed to learn at different times this and even true. our kids learn what they're supposed to learn at different times. So yeah. don't be too hard on yeah. yourself. In the interest of full disclosure, Kate and I have gone to a Christian school for, well, Kate went Kate, for life. 15 years in a yeah. Christian school for 15 years. I've been there for three. <laughs> and then in those 15 years, wasn't real to me until like <laughs> last year. But let me say this. Let me, can I say one other thing? Mm -hmm. You said it, it hasn't, wasn't really real to you until this year. And I don't, I don't know if this is your experience, but this is my experience. My faith is exponentially grown and strengthened by spending time with other people who love the Lord. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I know that you found a tribe this year. Yeah. yeah we did. That really <laughs> loves the Lord. That's why, why we do this study with friends. It's why I live the way I live. Like I, I have a great tribe and I couldn't have the faith that I have without it. And I, I wouldn't learn the way that I learn without it. Think about what your life would be like and what your spiritual growth would be like if you didn't go to that Thursday morning Bible study that we go to together. It would be exponentially smaller and more limited. So I, I think the Holy Spirit has us on a journey, but also surrounding yourself with other people who can be honest with you, transparent with you, and who will hold you accountable to the best we can do to understand and, and apprehend the scriptures. That's that's how it happens. And that's, um, that's not just out of my head. That's also out of scripture because it says, do not give up meeting together and, and iron sharpens iron and, uh, you know, be in fellowship. And all through the book of Acts, we see these amazing groups of fellowship who are growing and learning and loving the Lord together. Hey, it's Holly again. This is the part where I remind you that our ministry is supported by donations and ask you to prayerfully consider helping to financially support the ministry of Study with Friends. But guess what? 
In this particular study, you'll hear us talk a little bit about a book called Searching for God, recently published by Zondervan and available on their website or ours. It's a great resource for equipping yourself in the way that 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us. It says, be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Searching for God is for individual or group study, and it'll walk you through some of the challenges that you're facing from the culture and maybe friends or family who don't understand your faith. It'll help you have the confidence you need to have those conversations in an informed but loving way. You can get this book, Searching for God, on our website, studywithfriends.org. And that supports our ministry too, so that's a win-win. I hope you take a moment to visit our website. You'll find a lot of free resources there as well. That's studywithfriends.org. See you next time we study with friends. Sometimes I don't know how to answer questions about Christianity. Sometimes I get asked questions that I wonder myself. I know I don't have all the answers, and I trust the Bible to guide me. But for someone who doesn't believe in the Bible, where do I even start? Searching for God is a study package you can do alone or with a group. It'll walk you through some of the challenges you're facing from friends or family who don't understand your faith. Searching for God, available at Zondervan.com.